More and more people are moving to cities, and that's going to affect almost every industry. We are very cautious and very aware to make a conscious effort to work with the ecosystem. What can the average person do to take action now? Not one person can change the world, but if we all do a little something different, it might help. Being open to embracing innovation. Know that you can make a difference. A absolutely. There's no excuse not to even do a little bit. Let's go check it out. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Going Green. I am very excited to talk to our guest today. Joining us uh, all the way from Sweden, we have the co-founder and creative director of Triwa, Ludwig Sheha. Ludwig, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you for, for taking me aboard. I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, so uh, for those of you listening, um, we're still in uh, the quarantine days, at least in America, and, um, and Triwa's based out of Sweden, is that correct? Yeah, that's right, we're, we're based in Stockholm. Very cool. And our quarantines, quarantine days are more or less over, but, but we're in a situation after or, or during uh, the pandemic where it's a little on and off, so I'm sitting at home today as well. Yeah, and same, and luckily things are starting to, to wrap up, but um, that's the great thing about technology these days is we're able to have a conversation from San Diego to Stockholm, so it is very exciting. So uh, for those of our listeners who aren't familiar with Triwa, tell us a little bit about what the company is. Well, the company was founded 13 years ago, back in 2007. It was founded by myself and, and three friends. Uh, Triva is an acronym for transforming the industry of watches. So when we started off, we really wanted to make something new out of a watch because the watch industry was super traditional. It was based on old cliches like status and traditions, and it was only sold through watch, watch stores. So we wanted, we wanted to, the watch to be something more of a lifestyle accessory. And we started off very small scale here in Stockholm. We went to our favorite lifestyle stores back then and, and asked them if they wanted to sell our products. We went, instead of going to watch magazines, we went to our like favorite bloggers and, and we built it in that way. And, and the idea of transforming the industry of watches was always there as an like, what do you call it, like a um, mantra. We wanted like, if the industry did it in one traditional way, we wanted to find new channels of doing it. And, and, and from that start, we've been, we've been growing from here. And uh, it's been a long journey, but it's been fun. That's awesome. So how did your, like your personal interest in both entrepreneurship and watches get started? Well, for me, like most Swedes back then, a watch was something that you would get from, uh, in Sweden we call it confirmation, uh, or if you, like when you graduated, or if you've been working at an office for a long time, you could get that gold watch. And, and I was very interested in watches. I was looking at, at all sorts of watches online, and I had, one swatch watch that I loved. Uh, and then I had my confirmation watch that I loved. Uh, but, but as a, as an entrepreneur, I really wanted it to be more accessible. And, and, uh, my way of doing it was, was starting this with my friends. I could also see that the watch stores were super traditional 
it was that sort of place that we didn't really dare to go into because everything felt super precious and super locked in and very unaccessible. And and the main idea was was why can't the watch be like a pair of sneakers? Why can't it be found in these lifestyle stores? And we started off with our first collection. And back then it was um, it, we did like bright colored uh, plastic watches. Uh, and it was um, in a time where also people liked the idea of a watch saying something different. It became like an anti-statement that you didn't wear that, that uh, traditional luxury watch. And, um, and we were also, because I came from a, a market, I come from a marketing background, and uh, we were always trying to find ways of making the watch more storytelling. Uh, so in 2008, when the stock crash came, we did a, a watch called the Black Friday. And instead of the uh, normal second hand, it had like a, like a stock index going down. <laughs> and uh, we said it was recession proof instead of waterproof. And we sent it out to like Financial Times and uh, magazines like this, and uh, we got a lot of coverage. We also said that we were, we could exchange their their Rolex one to one, if they if they wanted a more recession proof watch. That's awesome. I mean, one thing you touched upon um, is that like you have a couple watches that you really love, and and I do too. I'm a somewhat of an, uh, a watch collector and I have watches that probably are worth, you know, no less than a couple of dollars. But to me, they have a personal value that I could never put a price tag on because it represents a time in my life that's important or, you know, reminds me of these memories. So I think it's really cool that, um, you kind of had this vision for the brand where you're kind of switching it up from this, this classic, you know, industry because when you think of watch brands you do think of you know these luxury ones that are untouchable and so expensive that only you know the elite people can buy them um and it's amazing that you've been able to kind of find this middle ground what are some of the challenges that you've faced along the way just building the company i know um like one thing i've been really impressed with is you always had sort of that vision to make it less you know stuffy showroom more accessible online um more accessible like you said kind of like a a shoe store mm. how um and that's switching things up a lot from the standard watch industry so what challenges did you kind of face when you were trying to make those things happen well it, it was like like I mentioned when we started off, we were we were younger and more more like rebelish uh but then all of a sudden you come into a phase where you you know we had or we have a board we uh we started going to the watch trade shows and we were really like excited about going to trade shows where rolex and uh tissot and all these uh, brands would hang out and uh and we met a lot of um distributors and stores that that liked what we had to offer and and we we sold really well at those trade shows but then we had a moment started maybe four or five years ago when we were we really needed to soul search because we if we looked at our brand in a typical watch store it would look like like any other brand 
So we were, we were, and it didn't really settle through that well either. So we started to think, is this really what it's about? Like, this is not transforming the industry of watches. Uh, so we, we really needed to find our way back. And, and that was a, um, it, it was a very interesting period, but it was like, all of a sudden we have a, a portfolio of watches that were quite standard. And um, we had um, a sales channels that was, were quite standard. And, and very little of this transforming the industry of watches was left. So that set off a new journey where we sort of, okay, the things that we had when we started, how can we find that again within ourselves, within the organization, and in the end, in the actual product? So um, to, to the listeners of Going Green, I'll kind of give a little background about how we got connected. Like I said, I, I love watches. Um, and I was Googling around one day, you know, just sustainable watch companies and watches made from recycled, um, you know, plastic or recycled materials. Because I wanted to just talk to someone about, you know, kind of these two things that I'm really interested in, sustainability and watches. And that's how I came across Triwa. And I um, probably got a little bit annoying, to be honest, when it came to reaching out to you guys to have you on the show. And I think I followed up probably five to 10 times over the course of a couple months to, to really get this conversation going to where we are today. Um, but one thing that I'm really fascinated about and have been sort of following your story is, uh, and I don't, I don't want to say recent because I'm not sure how recent it came about, but a watch line that you have uh, made from recycled plastic materials. So tell us a little bit about that process. How did the idea come around? How did you go about sourcing the materials? And tell me all about that, because that's, that's something I was, when I came across that on, online and just did some research, I was blown away. I thought that's, that's so cool that you're doing that. Um, and Thanks, now man. I get the opportunity to ask you about it. So yeah, tell me about, tell the story about how that all kind of came together. Yeah, thank you for that. And, and I, I need to, I think I need to give you the long answer. Uh, but the, uh, it, we, in that soul searching process, it was like, we really need to do something else that we believe in. We were trying to find what that transformation could be. And that was also in a period where we were like looking into sustainability. And I met up with a friend, a friend that, that, worked at an ad agency for a non-profit organization called IAM in Sweden. And what they actually had done was making metal from, from recycled illegal weapons. So this was like, when I heard that, I, I, I got really obsessed by it. And, and I got in contact with IAM and they had this metal called humanium. Uh, and, uh, the idea was, of course, to start selling that metal to different types of organizations like IKEA, H&M, or what have you. And I was, um, so I reached out to them and I asked, like, well, we really want to do this. We really want to make watches. And they hadn't really done launched the product. So we launched that product called, uh, the project we called uh, Time for Peace. It was, we launched it on, on Kickstarter and it was super successful. And it was also something in the period where we had that soul searching, when we like, we had this, this is a true storyteller. It's like a story for your wrist. 
And, and that was something that has hadn't been seen in the industry. We could also engage ourselves in topics that was like, I had the, the opportunity of going to El Salvador and see where like all the money that we collected, uh, what where all those that money went into and see all the projects. Uh, so after that, I decided that we should have a strategy that we call time for change. And, and that means that we as a company engage in topics that we strongly believe in, that, that, that can connect to our values. And, um, and I wanted to have a follow-up project. So super long story now, but, but I wanted to have a follow-up story. And I live on an island outside Stockholm. Of course, you know, I see plastic in the ocean all the time. And one day when I was driving my boat, there was lots, lots of plastic. I, I called up our producer and said, we really want to do this. We want to make watches out of recycled ocean plastic. And they were like, yeah, but it hasn't really been done. Neither had the, uh, the um, melted down weapons thing, but I thought it would be closer to like producing plastic watches from recycled ocean plastic. Uh, but it took two years. So two years, we've, we've been searching for different types of solutions. And then I ended up finding an, an organization in Switzerland that could actually handle the uh, ocean plastic. And uh, then it was like the drawing board, uh, looking at how to like package the concept and everything. And we launched in April. So yeah, that is pretty recent then. Wow, that's awesome. Like seriously, that's, that's something to be proud of because two years is you know pretty, relatively long time in a, in a business to have a vision to really see it come together. Um, so that's, that's super cool. Congratulations on, you know, coming up with that idea and implementing it and, and seeing it come to life. Um, it's super fascinating. And I, I think the watches are awesome too. Like that's another cool thing is they look super cool. Um, Thank you. I, I sent a picture to my girlfriend. I was like, Hey, my birthday is coming up. Here's what I want. <laughs> so that's, that's exactly the effect we want. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, that's, that's great. And I think, you know, just one thing you mentioned that really stuck out to me is sort of having these, these brainstorming sessions of like, who are we as a company? Who are we as people? And a lot of times, like, and I've been in those and a lot of times they don't happen out of like, goodness it's like where do like let's look at what we've done you know have we followed the path we originally intended on and sometimes you have to kind of like pick open scabs and stuff and really think about you know your core as both a person and a business owner of what do you want to do what's the company you want to create what's the product you want to offer and through those meetings and through those kind of brainstorming sessions they are kind of tough but i've had some really amazing breakthroughs myself i've had like that's pretty much how going green came was because I was looking at myself as, you know, an entrepreneur, as a business owner, as a media producer and thought like what I'm doing doesn't align with what I want to be doing. And I kind of had to pump the brakes on everything I was doing and then almost start over from scratch. And, you know, mm. same with you, it's taken years to kind of build that up, but you go totally different paths depending on, you know, where it is. And, in the long run, it, it pays off. But in the short term, as a business owner and an entrepreneur on the day-to-day -day stuff, it can get, you know, kind of crazy when you're crunching numbers yeah. and you're looking yeah, at sure. you know, 
bottom lines and things like that. But when you kind of step back and look at the big picture, you know, it's amazing what can kind of come of it. And um, both, you know, as, as a business, I'm sure, you know, one, it helps having these products because it gives people sort of a why to buy the product, not just, oh, this looks cool, but also, well, wow, I'm, I'm, my money's going towards something good. So, you know, you're building that business, you're creating jobs, uh, and you're helping, you know, pull materials out of something that was bad and making it into something good and fashionable. So that's and, awesome. But I, I think you really, you really hit your head to the nail or how you pronounce it in English, uh, but, but it's, it all comes down to the why and and that's that's a a like a business cliche but but i really like if from a creative standpoint if you don't set that framework it's really hard because it's like yeah we could go this way we could go this way and let's do this and then it's like yeah but but what would the end what what's our message what what's our why and and once you have that it makes it so much easier so just by like setting for ourselves that we would do value-driven products and, and engage in topics that we strongly believe in and do it under the umbrella time for change. That makes everything so much easier. And, and I think the, the actual strength of Time for Ocean and Time for Peace is that that story goes all the way into the product. So you would actually have a, a person that would take our, like, or, or share our values and then talk about them. Because it's like, it, it's, it's really broad stories. It's like gun violence. When we started off that journey, it was so much information. And of course, Sweden isn't that badly hit by gun violence, but it is, it's, it is a topic. And it's a global topic. And there's so much information that you really need to, to, to put down to a, those like five seconds of information. And when you have that five seconds of information combined with a pro product that actually contains the story, you would also have a lot of awareness out in the world that would like, yeah, this is made from, from ocean plastic or, or illegal fire weapons. Uh, but listen, did you know this and that? And then you have like the, the, the story going on. And that feels really good, I must say. Yeah, no, it, do, it does have just that, that extra value of, I mean, if you think about your why, you know, some people start businesses just to make money. And um, there's a million businesses you could create just to make money, but to be able to build a business that is profitable and also gives you that why um, I think is that's really why going green was started was because I wanted to talk to entrepreneurs like you business owners who are doing really amazing things, running successful businesses, creating jobs, and also at the same time um, doing something good for the environment. So it's, it's exciting to kind of hear that story. Where do you see the company going in the future? Do you have, and you don't have to share any, you know, secrets no, you don't want to yet, but just the, the no overall words, vision. No, no, but it's um, like, this is our, our why since two years. And, and uh, from those two years, we have these two projects uh, and two, like two collections. We could also see that we build a new audience. Like, like we engage people now that 
if we if we look at the engagement we had four years ago, it was like, yeah, this is a good looking watch, Scandinavian design. But now we could engage on a whole new level. Like like the 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 reason that, that we found each other or you found us, like people that actually like believe in these values and topics, uh, that's where I can see that we could build a complete new audience and that's global. Um, and and when when like building this brand framework, um, it, you also need to set a vision for the company. And I said that we want to be the most engaging watch brand in the world. Because it's hard to like, otherwise you would have, yeah, we would sell this and that, or we would uh, like take that market share it's hard to see, but, but, but by being the world's most engaging watch brand, we, we can have a strong voice and we can also launch products that actually uh, engages people for real. Yeah, and one thing I've noticed, as someone who just likes to wear watches, um, it, it captures people's attention. You know, I'll be out and, or you know, having a drink or out to a restaurant or just talking with someone and they'll be like, hold on, that's a really nice watch you're wearing, you know? And it's like, oh yeah, it's, you know, I got it from this, blah, blah, blah. Um, so having a watch, you know, that does have a, such an interesting background, such as the, the gun metal or recycled plastic, it's just, it gives people something to be proud of that they're representing, you know, it's, it's like saying, hey, this is what, you know, I stand by and I'm wearing it to show people. Um, First off, I want to thank you for being here. I like to wrap up each interview with one question, and that's, you know, what can just the average person do to get a little bit more involved when it comes to either buying, you know, products that are uh, made from recycled materials or supporting businesses like yours, or um, when it comes to their business, you know, kind of making it a little bit more sustainable? What can the average person do to just kind of take a step in the right direction when it comes to living a little bit more sustainably? It's a very good question. Um, and, and I'm like, I've tendency to give long answers. Uh, it's a super good answer question. Uh, I would say buy less, but buy good. And, and um, like, I think Patagonia did it super well. Like, don't buy this this shirt or buy this jacket. But if you're buying a jacket, buy this jacket. Uh, and I'm not saying that for for Triva to market my brand, but but I'm saying in general, like uh, consume less, but consume good. That's a perfect answer. Seriously, I don't know if you just came up with that on the spot, but buy less but buy good. It's it's really true. Um, we actually had the chance to talk to the founder of North Face, and that was his kind of business model, you know, 40 years ago when he started the company. And it was every other company right now is making materials and products that get used up and thrown away in a year. So they buy more products. And he, yeah. his vision was, you know, let's make something that is, you know, stands the test of time and someone can have it for life. And, and that's gonna, that, you know, that sparked a billion dollar company. So it's cool to that's sort of fantastic. hear that. that vision. How was he? How was he? Oh, he's a badass guy, man. Yeah. If uh, for those listening, go back and check it out. Such a good episode. He basically um, interviewed for a couple of corporate jobs fresh out of college and was like, "Yeah, this isn't for me. I'm going to start my own company. I want to be um, 
fair no matter you know people's age race religion sex gender i'm gonna pay people equally we're gonna create high quality products and hearing him share his story and building you know a massively successful company um was i was like dude you're my hero i love you <laughs> teach me everything um but it's it's again it's just the and it's the same thing of you know what you're doing it's having a why behind the product and and over long periods of time, you know, taking those little steps to make that vision come to life, like two years to create that product, to create that watch is it's a long time for, you know, in the, in the journey of an entrepreneur and a business owner, because you're dealing with so many things every single day. Um, so moral of the story, buy less, but buy good. Thank you so much for being here. Seriously. Thank it was you great for having chatting me. with you. Thanks a lot. I will listen to that episode as well. Yeah, he's a yeah. he's a cool guy. Oh, I'm going to listen to all episodes. I'm a pod yeah. uh, uh, addict. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. And to everyone who tuned into the episode, as always, um, thank you for tuning in. Our goal is to talk with entrepreneurs, business owners, influential people in the sustainable space who are you know doing something that makes a difference, and also. Um, building businesses that are successful and products that give back. So it's, it's a pleasure to have uh, Ludwig on the show and um, be sure to check out their watches. Honestly, they're amazing and um, support the cause. I'm going to go get a couple right after this and represent it. I know it's a, it'll be a good talking piece. So as always, thank you for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode of going green. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. <laughs>